You're listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn, where you'll find uplifting and practical advice for everyday living, creative inspiration for do-it-yourself projects, and recommendations for books and resources that will encourage you to embrace your life repurposed. I'm your host, Michelle Rayburn. Welcome to episode number 32 of Life Repurposed. In this episode, we're going to be talking about time and some of the lies that we tell ourselves about time, including I don't have enough time. Now, this is something we've talked about before, and it's something that I struggle with myself, so it's why I'm constantly learning about it, studying it, and looking at some of my own myths that I tell myself about my time. And one of those is the phrase, I don't have enough time. I've used that one before, and it's even an excuse that I give sometimes when somebody asks me to do something, I say, I don't have enough time to do that, when in reality, I do have enough time. We'll get to why. I can still say no, and why I don't have enough time is just the way of saying a couple of other things. But um, I'm going to be taking an article that Carrie Newhoff wrote and sharing some of his seven myths about time with you and talking about how they apply specifically to my audience. So I'll link to the article in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 32. But what I'm going to do is see if some of these same myths apply in the life of some of my listeners and um, just compare how they apply to who Carrie Newhoff is writing to. So he writes to leaders and pastors. And we might think that because he's writing to leaders and pastors that his article doesn't apply to us because maybe you're not in leadership and maybe you're not a pastor. Um, Maybe your goals in life are completely different and leadership isn't even one of your spiritual gifts. But I want to look at how the myths that we tell ourselves really apply to so many areas of our life. So we're going to boil this down to some of the things we might specifically be facing and just look at how we can apply truths that we hear in other places to our own situation. I've had some people insinuate that because I've accomplished some pretty big goals that I might somehow have more ability or more time than someone else. And this is just not true. And I really want to debunk that myth here too. That isn't really part of what Newhoff covered at all in his article, but I want to debunk the myth that there's an idea that other people have more ability, more um, more success, more time. We're going to talk about that one, more resources, all of that. Let me explain this a little bit more. There are some of the things that were on my want to list 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago. You get it. You know, I'm going back a little ways here. And... Um, Not once in those decades did I ever really get the time to do the things that were on my want to list, my dream list. I never had weeks without interruptions. I never cleared my to-do list. I never had a source of wealth to provide a second salary for our family so that I could have a sabbatical to pursue the dreams that I always wanted to pursue. I didn't have those things at all. So there's a myth out there that somehow the people who accomplish those things have more of something. And we live in this space where we're really thinking small, like I have less of something. And yet during that time when I didn't have extra time, I never had, you know, a free month where I could just take time off and write. And during that time, I still, in the last 20 years, 
launched a speaking ministry and even at times have spoken up to 20 times a year at events. Now, for some speakers, that's nothing at all. But for me, that meant being gone more than one weekend a month sometimes to speak. So that was a big thing for our family. I published four books and I have two more in the works right now. I got my master's degree in ministry leadership. I launched a freelance business to help authors with editing and design of books. And I created a website or two actually for myself and learned how to do digital ads and all sorts of things related to promotion on a business side. And I launched this podcast. That's just a few of the things. Now, I want to just give you a caveat here. This is not a brag about my accomplishment show or anything like that. I just want you to know I accomplished those things and I didn't have enough time. And during the last decade and a half, we moved to a new town and a new church I took a full-time job for a little while at a marketing agency to help with the bills. I taught piano lessons. Our two boys graduated from high school and went off to college. Uh, When they were in school, I played piano for the high school choir and spent some time at the school rehearsing with students for solo and ensemble and all those things. I was a worship and music coordinator at my church. I helped my husband raise his salary for mission support, and he's been on missionary staff for more than 14 years. Again, I want you to know I'm not saying these because there's any pride there or I'm bragging about anything. I just want you to know that those are the things that happened even though I said I didn't have time. So this show is about looking at how we don't have time unless we make it. I've never had the time. I made it. Some of you work full-time out of the house outside of the house. Some of you work inside the house full-time. Some of you are full-time moms and that's your work. Um, Some of you have jobs that allow you to work from home and you don't have to commute. Um, Some of you are retired, but you're finding you're just as busy in your retirement as you were when you were raising kids. So I have a feeling each of you has your own version of a dream. And what I want to do is take a look at Newhoff's seven statements and then frame them for ourselves looking at how we might have a dream, but we're stuck in the land of myths about our time. So let's move on from me talking about myself to really looking at what are those myths. So I've rewritten these in my own words, but still taking those concepts from Newhoff. So number one myth, I don't have enough time. Here, Newhoff reminds his readers in his article that every person owns the same amount of time. And I would agree, you know, no matter whether we are the leaders he's talking to or whether we are the stay-at-home mom or the PTA mom or the full-time working mom, I'm talking mostly to women because I know that's my audience, uh, we all have the same amount of time in a day. We have the same amount of real estate in a day. This is, to me, unusual because we don't own the same amount of real estate, like physical property. We don't have the same amount of money, the same amount of possessions. We don't have the same amount of uh, physical resources, but we do all have the same amount of time. We just use it differently. So I think that what Newhoff says in his article does apply to us, no matter what our goals are. He says he made a shift to stop saying he didn't have enough time, and he started admitting he didn't make it. Ugh, ouch. This is true, and it's a hard truth for me to face, and that's why I've started to try to not say I don't have time. I've started to say things like I didn't make the time. It's not that I ran out of time. I didn't make it. 
there are different ways of making time. So don't just hang with me here. Okay. We're going to talk about that. So one of the shifts that I made in my own thinking was I stopped saying that I don't have enough time. Um, this one is tough because if you want to achieve a dream of any kind, you're going to have to admit that no one else has more time than you do. Michelle Rayburn wasn't lucky when she went to school and published a book. I know I'm talking about myself in the third person. I didn't get a special pass that gave me more time. So will you take ownership of the time you have? I'm preaching to myself here too. And as we move into the second myth, you'll see what we can do with our time. Myth number two, I need to know how to manage my time better. Maybe you've heard somebody say, if only I was a better manager of my time, my life would be all figured out and simple. I could accomplish my goals if I'd had that. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there about time management. I've talked about it here. I've tried to teach myself better time management. It's, I'm always a work in progress. And I admit I have my own set of problems related to time management. But when Newhoff challenges his readers. This spoke to me. He said, on its own, time management doesn't prepare you to handle 10 times or 100 times your current responsibilities. You see, I could manage my time really well, but it doesn't prepare me to take on 10 times more or 100 times more than I'm already doing. So he talks about getting a better strategy. When I think about raising kids, being a full-time student in the middle of that and writing a book back in the day when I was doing all of those things, I think that I managed my time fairly well and time management maybe played a role in getting some of those things done, but it did not solve all of my problems. It's sort of like if I were to say um, organizing my house involves just shuffling around the stuff that I have. It doesn't really make room for better things because I, I don't downsize, I don't minimize, I don't get rid of things. So there's no room for new and better stuff. I'm just shuffling the same things around. So I think with time, it works that way too. So I think eliminating is a key that has helped me to be able to manage the remaining time that I have so that I can have a strategy for how to use it. Myth number three, I need to be more efficient. This is a cousin of time management. And this is an area where I think in my own life, I have fallen for the myth. I love efficiency. I love to rearrange things to try to make them work better and faster and, and well, more efficient. Uh, Newhoff says, as efficient as you may become, you only have so many hours in a day. And part of what you do will never be fully efficient. Yeah, there are certain things in life that we can't make someone else be efficient. So there will be inefficiencies in how our time goes, or there will be interruptions. And Newhoff says, instead of trying to be more efficient, we need to become more effective. Ding, ding. This was a light bulb moment for me. Because he says we can be efficient at things that don't matter, and this isn't a win. Oh, my yeah, so that means we need to cut some stuff, right? We need to cut some things out of our life because we can't be efficient if we're doing things that don't matter and we do them efficiently. It's not a win. So here's an example from my own life. I'm efficient at cleaning my house. I used to clean other people's houses when I was in college and I liked the satisfaction of the cleaning and I'm good at it uh, when I have time. <laughs> there's the time factor. Um, but what happened in my own life is I found myself bumping cleaning to the end of the list every week because I was overwhelmed and it didn't seem urgent. And it was something that I knew I could be efficient at it. I, I could whip through it in three hours and have it done. But it isn't effective 
for me if I could use that time for something else. So it doesn't matter how many things I'm efficient at, they might not be things that I should be doing right now because I need to figure out where can I be the most effective with my time. So instead of letting the cleaning go and being frustrated with how our house was getting, I hired somebody this year to come in and clean the house. And even though I work from home, she goes ahead and cleans and I shut the door to my office. And during those three hours, I'm focused and I'm working and I'm getting things done that need to be done. And it's fantastic because it's super effective. So she's efficient with her time and that allows me to be effective with mine. Okay, so enough on that, but it's not just about being more efficient. Sometimes it means eliminating some things so that you can uh, just be really effective with the time that you have. Myth number four, I don't need sleep. Again, I'm guilty of this one. And Newhoff gives all sorts of health problems that are associated with lack of sleep. And I think most of us that are sleep deprived actually know what those are and we just don't want to face it. Um, I personally don't need as much sleep as some people. I know that sounds like I'm falling for a myth and I'm just saying that and it's an excuse, but it's, I actually have tracked my sleep by wearing my smartwatch and I do get more deep sleep than the average person does. So I can function very well and not just function, but be really efficient and energetic on about six hours of sleep. I don't need a nap. I'm not yawning all day long. Um, And I do sometimes just sense that I need more sleep and I go to bed earlier and I might get eight hours of sleep, but I listen to what my body needs. But there is still a boundary. And so when I push it and I try to go on four and a half hours or five hours of sleep, I feel yucky. And I, I just have that feeling. I know I haven't had enough. So the problem is sometimes when I'm being unhealthy about it, I will convince myself that I don't need sleep. And that's a lie. We really do need sleep. My brain works better. I'm more productive with more sleep. So something might take me only a couple of hours to do when I'm well rested and it might take hours and hours to do when I'm not. So in many ways, it goes back to being effective with time because if I give up sleep and I'm tired and something takes me longer, I have gained zero because I'm not productive with that time I've gained. I may as well get the extra sleep, be more efficient with my time, and get the stuff done. See how that works? So if you're convincing yourself that you don't need sleep, really look at how much sleep you need to be healthy, rested, functional, and see what you need to do to make that happen. Myth number five, I need to push myself. Uh, yes, sometimes we do need to push ourselves, but not every day. So I, th- I think the myth comes in here and Newhoff explains this in the same way that sometimes it's not, it's okay sometimes, but not every day. But um, the myth is when we try to push ourselves to do more than we want to do and more than our body is capable of doing. So that might be pushing ourselves to skip sleep or skip meals or skip events or skip family time. Or for me, a big one last year was skipping Sabbath time. So I didn't really have a day of rest. And it's just pushing myself because I think I have to get this done. There is no time. I can't take time. I won't make time for rest. And the question is, how do you feel when you push yourself? And actually, I would say, ask the people around you how it makes you, how it makes you act and 
you know, like what your attitude is like, because their answer is the truthful one. So if your family says, yeah, when you push yourself, you get crabby or you get impatient and everything is a problem and you get really dramatic, then that's a pretty good sign that you're pushing yourself in ways that is harming you rather than reclaiming some time to get your goals done. Uh, myth number six, there are things that are out of my control. Now, when Newhoff talks about this, he talks about it in terms of not being in control of your calendar because a boss controls the calendar and sets the schedule. But for our, my frame of reference, I could say there are other things that would maybe lean towards an excuse. So I could say client deadlines control my time, my kids' school schedule, my family, my husband's schedule controls my time. Whatever it is, I could say my calendar has things in it that are outside of my control, therefore I can't. And really that's the problem is we say I can't. And I'll take it even a step further because it's to me it's like saying I want the excuse of saying I can't because it takes the blame off of me. So if I say I can't because so-and-so or such-and-such controls my calendar. It takes the blame off of me of saying I won't. I won't make the space or I won't make a change. So instead, let's focus on what we can control because there are things that we can control. There's no way that 24 hours of our day is outside of our control. When I'm at work, if I'm working for a boss, like when I was working full-time outside of the home, Yes, there are eight hours of my day that aren't really controlled by me, even though I was a manager, it still meant that there were things that were controlled by the company or the boss. That's just how it is when you're working outside of the home. But there were 16 other hours in the day, so I could control what I did with my free time. I could control how much sleep I got. I could control what I did on weekends. So Newhoff says typically we love to focus on what we can't control and not on what we can. He says leaders who focus on what they can control always outperform leaders who focus on what they can't control. I think that applies to my life too, even though not every area where I serve is in leadership. I have some of those at church, but my work is freelance. I don't have a boss. But I think in any arena, the people who take charge of what they can control will win at life. And so if you've been focusing on the can'ts, I encourage you to focus on can and what you can do to make a change in your time. The final uh, myth that we're looking at here is number seven, I can't say no to that commitment. We have talked about this on the podcast before. You can say no. I'm going to ask you to raise your right hand or if your left hand if you're holding a baby or you can't stop stirring that pot on the stove while you're listening. And I want you to repeat after me. I can say no to anything that I don't want to do. You can. You can say no. Newhoff says your desire to do everything kills your ability to do anything well. Sometimes we are afraid to say no and sometimes it's just we want to be the hero to swoop in and take charge of something, do a project because it feels really good to be the solution for somebody else. Newhoff says saying no actually makes your time more valuable, not less valuable because scarcity creates value. So when I say yes to everything, it fills up my brain. And then when I finally get time to work on my dreams, I have no brain function left. I don't know if you found that, but for me as a writer, 
uh, I do a lot of creative work actually with my clients. I edit books. I do cover design. I do interior design. I'm doing all kinds of things for other writers. That's my full-time work. And then in between, I make time for my own writing and this podcast and things like that. And what happens is if I fill up my brain with a whole lot of other things in addition to that work and that calling to my writing, then I feel like I have no brain function left when it comes time to sit down and write. I'm staring at a screen, um, eating M&Ms, and longing to distract myself with social media because I cannot get my brain to click. It's just overwhelmed. So you might discover that too, where if you've said yes to a million commitments, you can't say yes in the moment when you finally have some free time to sit down and do the thing, plan out your goals or look at the dream you've always wanted to do and figure out those next steps. When that moment comes, your brain might be so full you can't even do it. So my question for you is, what will you cut out so that you can take charge of your schedule? What excuses will you stop making for yourself and just take charge and just do it? Stay tuned as we talk about a couple of resources as we wrap up. I'm going to link in the show notes to Carrie Newhoff to the article that I just mentioned a little bit. Well, actually, throughout this entire episode, he his article is titled The Top Seven Myths About Time. It's time to bust. So there will be a link in the show notes at michellerayburn.com slash 32. I also want to give you a couple of other resources that I've not talked about in this episode. One is The Best Yes by Lisa Turkhurst. I've mentioned that in other episodes before. Um, she talks about how to say no in order to overcome the stress of an overwhelmed schedule and the sadness of an underwhelmed soul. So that's a great read. I loved that book when I read it. Another one is a book by Kathy Lipp and Sherry Gregory called Overwhelmed, How to Quiet the Chaos and Restore Your Sanity. And the book description says, you can simplify and savor your life guilt-free. Clutter, tasks, and relationships may overwhelm you now, but God can help you overcome with grace. The final resource that I have for you is another one that I have mentioned before because I interviewed Courtney Ellis, the author, on this podcast, and that is Uncluttered, Free Your Space, Free Your Schedule, and Free Your Soul. And Courtney's book description says you'll learn tips for paring down your possessions, simplifying your schedule, and practicing the ancient art of Sabbath. This is a great place to begin if time is one of your challenges. So I hope you give yourself some grace as you begin to work on your excuses. But the next time you catch yourself saying, I don't have enough time, I encourage you to stop and ask yourself, what myths have you let yourself believe? I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Life Repurposed with Michelle Rayburn. Check out tips, resources, and inspiration at michellerayburn.com. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. I'd also love it if you would like, review, and share the information about this podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for listening.